0: Alrighty, welcome back to another episode of In The Zone. I am Anthony Piniello, joined by the boys that steer the ship every week, Giancarlo Wallino, Chris Martelli. We're going to kick it off. We got a hoop session for most of this, so uh, we're going to stick it
1: right to Freddie Van Fleet. Chris, let's go, bud. Oh, man. Well, first things first, this guy said that I already have my ring. Uh, now, it's try- now it's time for me to get paid and uh, take... Take it how you want it, but that's he's just being blunt and honest. A lot of people were uh, bashing him on Twitter on Instagram, saying, "Yeah, you know you have one ring, you know you did your job, you know you you had your son and then you balled out in the finals, but a lot of people uh they they're starting to remember uh what he did in game seven this year, and some of the shot selections that he was taking was just ridiculous. I've said on numerous pods before that He's he shoots too much. There's times where he's a great role player. Uh, he he's he's a. Gr- I don't know if I don't know if I can say he's like a, a superstar or an all star, but I think he's a great player. Uh, will he start if he goes to the Knicks or Pistons? Absolutely, because you look at their team and it's just it's a shit show. No offense to anyone anyone on that team, but they they all need the help they need. But uh, yeah, this is a uh, this is big news for us, especially us Raptor fans. Uh, he wants to get paid. We all know that the Raptors, they're they're trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do the next couple of years. So we all know their window is very small. Um, I don't really know what to think about this. Uh, does he want 20 mil? Does he want 15 mil? Does he want a long-term? Does he want a short-term deal? I really have no idea, but it's not looking good for the Raptors right now if this guy, quote-unquote, wants to get paid. So. I guess Alino uh do you think he has a chance to stay or do you think he's more or less gone?
2: I think from that, like I think he wants like twenty-five mil. I think twenty is uh maybe what they were offering and the way he's talking, it seems like he wants to get the maximum. I guess what the market's saying, and if that's the case, I agree with the Raptors, it's not even bothering. Uh twenty mil I think is reasonable, but I don't think he's the focal point of the team. That's still Lowry. Lowry's not declining. Uh, this year he was still a lot better than what people even thought that he would be. They thought maybe this year he'd be a lot slower coming off the playoffs and coming off the championship win, but he was still just as good. So I think uh, Van Fleet will go to the Knicks for that twenty-five million dollar payday and all that pressure that follows. So good luck to him for that. Um, but yeah, if I'm the Raptors, I just take that cap and go after Harold from the Clippers.
0: Are either you guys mad at Van Fleet at all? Or is this like a bittersweet situation?
1: No uh, bittersweet. Yeah, I'm not really mad at him. I, I would be mad if he literally just started saying, you know, I'm like if he started like picking like at teammates' salaries, like if he said like, oh, like if Lowry's getting thirty million, then I should be getting twenty five to thirty as well. Like if he did something like that and called out maybe teammates' salaries and like how the team structure, then maybe I'd be mad. But he just he was just being honest. He's just like, Yeah. I have a championship. I did. a I was a big part of that championship team. Yes, we had Kawhi, but you know he shot like sixty from three in the final. So he for on the one side of it, he does deserve all the money in the world. But on the other side, I guess like in in especially in these times, you want to be a loyal teammate. You want to try and be. You know, you want to stay and you want to try and stay with the team that took you. And again, like we talk about Fred Van Fleet numerous times about his story. He went undrafted. The Raps took a shot on him and he panned out tremendously. So I think at the end of the day, like Piniello, I think you said this maybe two or three weeks ago. I don't think anybody should really be upset. We got our ring with him. He was a big part of it. And then this is where the benefits and the reward, the rewards come for Fred Van Fleet long term. So, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not really mad. It's just uh I just wish he would stay in Toronto with no repercussions. So if that's the case, if he's leaving, sure. Give me Montrezl Harrell because we do need a center. And uh, I don't really know even what Boucher's is going to want. So these are all things we need to ask ourselves.
0: Let's just uh, let's assume Van Fleet's already gone. What do we do with that? Is Norman Powell the next guy up? Is he taking that number two spot right there?
1: Well, no, I think it has to be him. Uh, if it's not him, it's Matt Thomas. But Matt Thomas is not adjusted to the minutes uh, as fast as Powell. So I think Powell would be the number two option. Uh, it's well, I mean, the number one option at the two spot for sure. Unless we, we've been rumored to get Oladipo. We've been linked to him for a while. I don't know if we can get Oladipo. I'd, I'd love him. I think his athleticism would benefit guys like Lowry and OG Ananobi. And even, you know, a guy maybe like a Siakam in the long run, because a lot of people, they they focus on Siakam's athleticism and his stamina. Like that's what a lot of people try and guard him and they try and tire him out and tire him out. So if we have another guy that's just as athletic as Pascal Siakam, you can maybe, you know, ease the pressure off of Siakam. I think that could benefit. But Powell can be I know this is probably a hot take, but Powell can probably be just as good as Oladipo in the right situations. We saw this year, you know, Powell was absolutely phenomenal. The only unfortunate thing with him was every time he just started to get going and started, you know, to be consistent, that consistent threat, he would go down with an injury. So if Powell can, if he can stay consistent and, and stay away from the IR, yeah, Powell could be a great number, uh, a great number one option at the two spot for sure for the Raps. Even Terrence,
2: Davis, like if Terrence Davis, then I guess get into off the court stuff he would be a definite fill in there, like slot him in there. He had the minutes. He proved himself, I thought. It's just now it makes it difficult on him. I think he's going to be gone. Uh, They'll probably trade him. But other than that, Powell slots in easily. Uh, He can even play point guard and create plays. Thomas is probably better suited for uh, off-the-bench type of situations. He needed a three. I wouldn't start him. And I think this is where – uh, Masai gets creative. He'll probably trade for a guy like a Derrick Rose. Uh, Depot might be too much, the asking price, but a uh, good guy who can come in and play with Lowry and not just change a whole starting five dynamic, I think would be a good option. Or DeMar DeRozan, as crazy as that sounds, free agent. You bring him back, he already knows the system, putting him in the Nick Nurse, and that could be a good way for the Raptors to keep winning.
1: Yeah, it, it's tough to really talk about the Raps roster, they can really be changing their roster completely, like in in two weeks, if you think about it. If Serge Ibaka leaves, that leaves a big void at center. If we get Harrell, there it is. And then, you know, we've been linked to DeRozan, we've been linked to trading Lowry. So I don't know, our team, it can look completely different in two weeks' time. So for now, with Van Fleet going, he's probably the guy out of all the guys on our team. I think he's the guy where... We need to start accepting. Maybe he's out of here. He's got one foot probably out the door already. Gasol, I don't count. He's already gone. So if he fleets <laughs> that guy, where he's he's probably saying, yeah, you know what, um, Raps, it was fun. I had a great four years, three four years here. Now it's time for me to actually start building uh, my legacy as a starter in this league. So if he goes to the Knicks or Pistons, he's going to be slated to start and probably going to get around twenty million. And uh, from that point on, we just got to wait and see what the Raptors and what Messiah Jury uh, answers with after that move is done.
0: I was going to say, at the same time, he also says he values winning. The guy's a winner. So he says, like, he, he's going to break bank regardless, and he's looking for the most dough wherever. whatever. But at the same time, he'll be starting. But does he really want to go to the Knicks or the Pistons? Because when you look at the Raptor situation, Kyle Lowry's what, 35, 36 years old? Like, it's if he really wants to, he could stay here, and this will be his backcourt going forward. So, um, it's a tricky one.
1: Yeah, it is, yeah, it's, it's tricky. With, with, again, if Lowry leaves, yeah, it, absolutely. It's Van Vliet's. It's This is his backcourt. But, again, does he really want to be playing at the two spot, like, for another two, three years, and being, like, that 28-minute point guard? Because I think he wants to play, like, the 37 minutes, uh, prove to gms around the league that he can average maybe 20 i don't think i don't know if he can average 20 but if he can then that's absolutely huge uh it's tough with 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 van Fleet because i i still feel like i haven't even seen enough of him to submit to to give him a price because like even guys like oladipo like these guys want 30 million it's like man you've barely played the last two years i really don't know if i can give you that And then you look at Van Fleet, like there were times last year where he was injured for maybe a week, two weeks, and then he'd come back and he'd look kind of, you know, iffy. So I don't really know if Van Fleet is worth $25 million. That's just me. I'm being very, very picky and very, you know, iffy on that. But yeah, for sure, there's definitely teams like the Pistons and the Knicks are looking at a guy like him. He's 26 years old. Just be like, yeah, you know what? We, we know what we want to do. We want to win. We want to bring back winning basketball to Detroit or New York. And New York has been linked to so many free agents. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Knicks even made a complete 360. I'm not going to say they're a playoff team, but I wouldn't be surprised if they improve tremendously moving into next season.
0: Um, you brought up Depot before. Do you, did you guys see the post that I sent you where he's just asking other teams if you know, they could take him on. Is he possible, like you said, he hasn't played in like two years. I don't know if he'll return to the, to the form that he was before, but like is he starting to hurt his trade value as much at all right now?
1: Yeah. I, I don't really know where his his self-entitlement kind of comes from, and it's, it sucks because I love Oladipo. I love what he did two, three years ago with, with that Pacers team, and he came in and you know, you trade Paul George for him and Zabonis. You completely change the dynamic of your team and it worked out. And now all of a sudden, the last year, or year and a half, it's just taking a turn for the worse for the Pacers. Not for Zabonis, but for Oladipo for sure. I don't really know what to believe with this guy, man. Like he averaged 23 points. He was, I think, first or second in steals that year. He was looking like an elite two-way wing that could dominate the game. And then all of a sudden this injury comes and he's looking a lot I'm not going to say like a shell of himself, but he just look, he doesn't look confident. His three point shot has always been a question. He's kind of, like when I think of three point shooters, like if I can compare him to a player, I'd maybe say Jimmy Butler, maybe a little better. But his his athleticism is what carries his value, and um, if he can get back to that form, I'd absolutely take him over Van Fleet. But as of right now, I don't think he has that trade value to be going up to teams and saying, "Hey, can I play for you guys?" Like, cause there's a lot of guys out there that are kind of like an Oladipo, maybe not the athletically gifted, but there's like the the two guard spot in the league right now. It's not a big hole. A lot of teams have great backcourts. So if I'm Oladipo, I guess I'm taking a gamble maybe on the Knicks. Cause like you said, Piniello, I don't really think his trade value right now is super high, especially with him having one year left on his contract.
2: Yeah, I think it's bad that he uh, goes up to teams, basically tampering with himself, his own contract. And if I'm a GM and trades for him, what makes you think he won't do it again? So I'd uh, I have the red flag up on Oladipo's name and I'd go after another one. So I think he messed up his own opportunity.
0: Oh God, like I get where he's coming from. Like he's, how old is he now? 27 years old? 28? He feels like he wants to go to a team and play more minutes and... Proof that he was the player that he is the player that he was, but um, like he hasn't played in two years. The sense of entitlement is kind of like he's got just play out the one more year in Indiana and then just, just go from there. Like I think um, I just thought of the Milwaukee bucks since his trade value is pretty low. It's kind of like a buy low and then high, uh, you know, high reward kind of thing. Cause mm-hmm. when you look at their situation in the two spot, it's, what is it, Wesley Matthews, and then uh, is it Divincenzo off the bench? So I think if there's any team that's going to take a gamble on him, maybe it would be the Milwaukee Bucks. But uh, for him, maybe just keep it down a little bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it, when you bring up Milwaukee, Divincenzo, and you have Wesley Matthews, and but they, they've been they've been linked to trading a lot of their players too. Like Divincenzo's yeah. been a guy that's been kind of in the talks. Bledsoe's another guy. Brooke Lopez. Giannis we don't even know if he's staying so again this is another team like if I'm Depot, do I really want to go to the Bucks and then all of a sudden it's a ghost town there and then he's by himself again like I really don't <laughs> know so I think with him I think the team that he really wants to play with I think I saw the teams that he said that to I think were the Heat the Knicks and the Raptors and I think if yeah. if it pans out and if it makes sense I think the Heat is probably the best option for him but again, they have Hero and Robinson. So I really, I don't really see the fit lasting long. Like, I feel like if he were to go to the Heat, it would just be for this one year and that's it. So I, like Depot, man, I, like, I don't really know. This guy is one of the most complicated. He's in one of the most complicated situations, I think, in the league. When you look at what he did in 2017 to now, and it's like, man, like you can't be asking for the world. You've barely played the last year and a half. Like if it would... It, you, if, if John Wall didn't have his long term contract, we'd be saying the exact same thing about him, except with John Wall, he's a little bit more proven and a little bit more consistent. So, yeah, man, the whole Ola Depot thing is a mess. I really don't know what to think about it, but if I had to make probably a guess where he'd go, I'm just going to say the Heat for this one year. I'll say that.
0: Should he, um, should he go to one of those, like, just because a of- is one more year left on his deal do you think he could go to the knicks Ooh. assuming he plays the full year gets like 18 19 points per year yeah it's like a bet on yourself kind of year and then i get cash out but by his standards alino take that one
2: yeah that's uh depends what they do in free agency but yeah like i agree with uh, what you said before like he should just stay in indiana and at the trade deadline ask for the trade You can look at your options more. You can have a better idea of how good the teams are, who is an actual contender. Because right now we can say that Miami's a contender, but what if they end up having a bad year and they don't live up to expectations of everyone saying they went to the finals and they just tail off and come in seventh now that uh, Brooklyn's up there. So yeah, if I'm him, just stay in Indiana, create your uh, own dynamic over there, continuing to improve, um, be an all-star. And then after your, I guess... There'll be more of a demand from those championship caliber teams to pick you up.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough to even, like, fathom where he would go. And I don't want to, like, just assume that these shitty teams that have all the cap and all the, you know, roster adjustments, they're just going to take all these players. Because the last team I thought KD would go to was Brooklyn. And the only reason why I said that was because I thought, they were pretty good in terms of the assets they had. They had Levert, they had Dinwiddie. Um, This was before Kyrie Irving. You know, they just drafted Jared. So, like, like they had a pretty good core, but it came down to how much they trusted and had faith in Levert and Dinwiddie to be the one-two option, and clearly they didn't. So they got Kyrie and KD. I'm not going to say that, like, Detroit and the Knicks are going to completely strike out again in free agency. It's just I'm looking at, like, can Blake Griffin get dealt? Can uh, D. Rose get dealt? Can he, if they get those contracts out of there in Detroit, that's when I start thinking, okay, well, maybe we can get Oladipo to reach the floor. Maybe we can get Fred Van Fleet. That's our backcourt for the future. We got Dumboya at the 3-4. We got Christian Wood that we have to re-sign. So why don't you do that? If you're the Knicks, you have a shit ton of players that are on that one-year deal. You have Bobby Portis, Wayne Ellington, Frank Ntilikina is a guy that I think he has trade value, but I don't think he's the right fit in New York. Same with Dennis Smith Jr. There's a lot of different options and a lot of trade assets in New York. But then when you go to the Bucks and you look at all these other teams that are contenders, I really don't know what you're going to trade for Oladipo in the long run. Like I just mentioned, if he were to go to the Heat on this one-year deal, like Pinella, who do you think the Heat would give up to get Oladipo? Would it be a second? Would it be a first? Would it be? I don't know. Like a, like at like a what's it called? Like the contract to get Jay Crowder. Like I really like I don't know, man. Like I really don't know who they would trade to get Oladipo because they have so many assets and they got assets that they can't really give up. So Oladipo, if I'm him, I guess the best option is either you go on a bad team for that one year and prove yourself, or you just stay put in Indiana. It, it again, it's a tough situation, but uh, I guess now let's 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 quickly talk about Drew Holiday, because this is a guy that I kind of want to bring up again. Like, there have been teams that have been knocking and calling the Pelicans nonstop for Drew Holiday. I think I've seen at least eight different teams they want him, and he's an asset that a, a contender would definitely thrive on. So I guess I'll ask this. I'll start with Piniello. The Celtics have three first picks this year the 14th the 26th and the 30th if you're the pelicans are you doing that or are you asking for a little bit more than that Uh, just the three first rounders i think it's the three first rounders and gordon hayward for for drew holiday
0: ah ooh, i don't know i i think i'd want another um you know what though with those three first round picks you could probably still like mess around a little bit, put your GM hat on and possibly still move up in the draft. Cause like, that's not really something to shrug your shoulders at three first round picks. I know it's like 14 and whatever the hell the other two were, but that's a pretty fair deal. I'd say it really depends on Gordon Hayward, uh, what level he comes back to, but
2: yeah, that's, that, that's a nice little deal there. So you think the three though would be too much for a guy still that it. was sitting out. <laughs>
1: I don't know. It's just like the they say that the the draft this year is not as deep. So the twenty-sixth and thirtieth pick, like we've seen in the past, like they've turned out to be stars. Jimmy Butler, Kuzma's looking pretty good. Um I think those guys both got selected at those spots. The the seventeenth the 14th pick, I think, is the is the most attractive option because you could easily get a Tyrese Halliburton at fourteen, and that could, in the long term, he could probably replace Drew Holiday. Maybe not to that extent of the defensive game, but Halliburton, I think, can be that. He could be that number two guard there, or he could even be the one. You could have Lonzo. You could play with it there, and then this is where you start asking yourself, okay, is Lonzo Ball in the trade market again? Because we saw that last year. So I really have no idea. But, you know, with the young core of Ingram, Zion and Lonzo, I think they're set regardless. That's why they're so comfortable in, in voicing that they want to get rid of Drew Holiday. So this is basically now a passing of the, of the torch, man. Like we saw Davis get dealt last year and now Drew Holiday's getting dealt. And those two guys ran the ship for years there. So I think if I'm a Pelicans fan, I'm very, very excited for the future. We'll obviously you have Zion and Ingram, but... This is definitely a, tur- a, t- a turn of the tide for the New Orleans Pelican organization. So I think regardless, they're going to win big when they trade Drew Holiday.
0: Um, assuming he would stick with the Celtics, what would he do for that team?
1: Man, you know what? Like, they're, they're just so talented. Kemba Walker's a guy. I think his role has definitely uh, decreased over the year. But I think he's okay with that. And Drew Holiday, I think would have to take the same, similar precautions. He'd go from averaging probably 19 to maybe 14, and he'd pro- maybe, maybe not 14, maybe a little more than that. That's that's being kind of harsh, but maybe 16, 17 points per game. He can be that lockdown defender late in the fourth with maybe Marcus Smart on the floor, and they can run the backcourt. Maybe I don't know if Kemba Walker would like that idea. What I just said of him maybe not playing as much in the fourth quarter. But, you know, sometimes contenders have to do that. You have to make some sacrifices. So if I'm, if I'm, the, if I'm the Celtics, I think his role is to literally lock down the other team's best backcourt guy late in the game with Marcus Smart. And they, they also bring enough offensive energy, Smart, and, and Holiday. So I think either way, with those three moving forward, that's just that's deadly. And then you have Brown and Tatum at the wings. Oh, God, just a disaster.
0: That sounds like a fucking nightmare.
1: Oh, defensively. yeah. Defensively, Drew Holiday and then having to deal with Marcus Smart
0: off the bench. So, uh, yeah, I'm just thinking of that now with yeah, Kemba and then I guess Drew in the two spot and then Brown and Tatum. That is not fun for other teams. I really hope he does not land in Boston.
1: Yeah. So at that point, if, if I'm doing the starting lineup, it's probably Kemba, Drew. <laughs> then you have Brown, Tatum and, and probably Dice or Cantor. And then you have. Ah, get in there. Then, and then you have smart <laughs> at the six. So that's unreal. Oh my God.
2: One of them would have to get traded after a year, though. That's the only problem.
1: I think they're okay with that as long as it brings them a chip. <laughs> like, I feel like if they were to get Drew Holiday, they would be. I think I, I could comfortably say they could beat the Nets next year. Is, I think, I could, without, I, think uh, I could say
0: that. Is that the likely conference finals?
1: Uh, I think it. Like, I think like again, that. it it depends how how the Bucks uh, like what they do. I think the Bucks are still in play. A lot of people still like they forget about they forget about the Bucks. You know, Middleton is no he's no slouch. Uh, Giannis, if he stays every year, he's going to be relatively there. But yeah, I'll still say Boston and the Nets is probably my conference finals next year. I mean, if it's not Brooklyn, I'll say Miami. You got the Raptors in there. <laughs> nah, I don't have I don't have the Raptors being better than the Celtics, Nets or Heat next year. Just don't see it.
2: <sighs> it's a toughie. Depends what they do though, because like OG is gonna come back better. We saw like this year back to what everyone thought he would be when he got drafted in that impressive rookie year. Siakam, hopefully is better. Lowry the same. Hopefully doesn't decline. And then you're looking at what they do free agency. They have flexibility now with. Fan fleet probably out the door, but I'm not going to write them off yet. I'll still say Raptors in the second round, and uh, maybe we'll see them in the conference final. Taking K D once again, <laughs> <It's Kevin. laughs> yeah. But the Nets for sure. Like I don't know. Do you think who would be a matchup on the Celtics for KD if he's healthy?
1: Oh, God. I think I got to go with Jason Tatum. I'm sorry. I got to throw the young guy right in the fire and try and guard Kevin Durant. But I think regardless, whoever guards Kevin Durant, it's a mismatch. Like, I remember 2018 when he played against the Raps, like Kawhi was on him all game and he still dropped 50 points. So, KD is that lethal. He's that explosive. I still think Tatum is the best option. He's got relatively a seven-foot wingspan. So, Him and Katie can probably go toe-to-toe when you think of reach. But other than that, I mean, there's not a lot of options to guard KD on on the Celtics. I will agree there. I think that's the only scary sight that that if I'm Boston, I'm looking at their team. It's like, okay, well, uh, we got Jalen Brown at 6'7", 6'6", and we got Tatum at 6'9", 6'10". Those are probably the likely options, man, because KD's, what, 6'11", 7 feet tall, it's, it's tough, but I, I, think, I think the Celtics will do fine. I think they'll, they'll even be more motivated as Kyrie's on the other team, and what he did for that Celtics team was an absolute disaster. So I think regardless, the Celtics will be motivated when they face Brooklyn.
0: There's, there's no matchup. You're going to have to double-team them.
1: I are going to have to Paris Lover wide open.
0: For the fuck? like Yeah, the height doesn't match up, but I was just going to say put Drew or Smart on him. Because they're so fucking annoying. But like, man, you're really going to do that to Tatum? KD's going to fucking burn him.
2: Exactly. That's why I got the Nets going past him. I think Smart would foul out. Uh, Just on that, he's going to cover KD. He might stop him a few times. But by the third quarter, he's out the game. And then you're screwed. So that's why I got KD dropping 35. And I see it being a comfortable win like Miami did to Boston.
1: Oh, shit. Uh, Not even fair. (laughs) No faith in Boston. Love it. Good. What else we got here, boys?
0: The Houston Rockets.
1: Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, this is where shit gets entertaining. Wow. Mm -hmm. So uh, who are we going to start with? Because there's like seven guys that are uh, (laughs) they voiced their frustrations.
0: Um, I'm assuming that's the whole starting lineup few guys at the bench.
1: They're I all pissed f- off. I, f- I just feel like out of all the guys that have voiced their opinions, the guy that kind of puzzles me the most is Austin Rivers. <laughs> like, no offense to him, but, like, he's not a starter in the league. Actually, far from it. I don't think he's a starting point guard. Like, what do you expect your role to be? Because he said he's like, I'm unhappy with my role on the team. <laughs> Buddy, you have James Harden and Westbrook in your backcourt. You you're lucky if you're playing twenty-five minutes a night. I mean, he has to understand that. I, I I at least hope. And I know that Doc Rivers, you know, like he's been a coach forever and he probably talks to his son on the daily about the situations and what he's been going through. But I'm sorry, man. Austin Rivers, you really don't have a lot of wiggle room and and I don't I don't understand his problem. Even PJ Tucker saying, you know, I, I I voice my concern in the starting. buddy, you've been starting. You're not a starter in this league. I'm sorry. You're not a starter. like maybe defensively sure, you're a great defensive player. you you're not an offensive liability. you know you, you're great at the corner three. but you're not a starter. You're not a starter in this league. And once the Rockets realize that, they're gonna kick him to the curb. And I, I don't know where PJ's gonna go. I can maybe see him in Atlanta. I could see him in San Antonio, but PJ Tucker and Austin rivers, they have no business talking shit about their roles with this team. I guess I'll start with that. <laughs> I don't know if it's like
0: a... fuck man. Every time I watch Houston, though, like I see where they're coming from. Cause a lot of the time it's just James and everyone else is just standing in the fucking corner and no one's really fresh and no one's moving. And it's, so I don't know if he's like, I want to play 30 minutes a night and I want the ball. I just think like, this, the, off, the system's got to fucking change. Something's got to change. I don't know if they need a whole new set of players, but I do see where he's coming from, Rivers.
2: I think they messed up when they had D'Antoni's system running through. The small ball, I think, fucked them up. They overcommitted to that. Uh, and then after now, with D'Antoni gone, you're kind of looking around and like, okay, now what do we do? We have uh, this team that doesn't suit our coach. Uh, we have uh, no center. We traded him to Atlanta. <laughs> And now we have uh, Russell Westbrook who wants out. We have Austin Rivers, a guy who shouldn't be wanting out because this is an opportunity for him to get more playing time. He wants out. So this is like a whole situation where you have to start all over now and rebuild because you overcommitted to something. The coach ended up dipping. He's going to be an assistant now because he just wanted to leave Houston. And now you're screwed. So I think they need to cut their losses here, uh, maximize the value of James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Get as many first round picks like Oklahoma City did and uh, start building your team around the coach that comes in. Maybe get a few centers and power forwards and uh, go at the draft because you're pretty much screwed now.
1: Yeah, this is where uh, the James Harden blame kind of creeps into everybody's mind. And I'm not even blaming James Harden. It's just... Mike D'Antoni, he did a he did a fantastic job with this team. They made the playoffs every single year, and what he did for the team was just basically, yeah, we're running offense, and offense wins you championships. At least in this day and age, in in this, maybe back in 2010, maybe just before that, you you really needed that defensive juggernaut, that anchor, to really win. But now, you know, you have the three-point shot; everybody's shooting more they're finessing their they're you know working on their footwork, their step backs. A lot of people have that in their game now. we back in the day almost no one had that. So, um it it's tough for Houston for sure, especially now with Russell Westbrook wanting out as well. I guess we'll talk about that after, but Harden I, I don't blame the guy. Like I don't blame Harden for for scoring as much as he could. Like there's not a lot of players in the league when you think of a coach and player relationship and it's basically Mike D'Antoni's saying, okay, guys, like we went all in and we traded for James Harden in 2012. We saw his trade value. We saw what he can bring to the table. And he absolutely kicked it out of the park. Ever since coming to Houston, probably the best offensive player stat-wise I've ever seen the last maybe two or three years. Man, you're averaging 30 in, in, in a three-year span. That's absolutely ridiculous. Regardless, that's going to cause problems. Austin Rivers and P.J. Tucker being the guys saying, hey, I want the ball more. Even I just read an article where Eric Gordon has also been a little bit unhappy uh, not getting as many threes. Now with Daniel House on the team, Ben McLemore on the team as well, taking away some threes from him. But regardless, you have to look at it as you can't just blame James Harden and say, hey, man, like, why are you shooting 40 shots a game? Why are you shooting 30 shots a game? That's just because the system has been built around him for so many years. He's also 31, 32 years of age. He knows that. This type of production is not going to keep up for another maybe two, three, four seasons. So with this being said, Houston has to start thinking about the future. And it sucks because they traded Clint Capella. They got a guy like a Covington. And now they're going to probably trade Covington for an asset moving forward. But if you're Houston, what do you think is the biggest, biggest need moving into this offseason?
0: uh future draft picks just when you look at their depth chart like they they really don't have anything they don't have any young players they don't have much coming throughout the system so like if you really are gonna blow it up like i want multiple first round picks back for russ and Harden wherever the fuck they land
1: <laughs> oh man Alino, you there buddy Yeah, I'm just thinking of, like, who would be a team, though, that
2: if you're not rebuilding, like Houston, who's going to obviously rebuild now if Russell Westbrook wants out. Who are you trading James Harden for?
1: A superstar.
2: (laughs) But then you rebuild because then Westbrook's gone. So do you trade for a guy that can play with Westbrook or do you trade them both hoping to get one star that you can make the playoffs with now?
1: I think the, the one team that I, I look at for Harden the most is again, I think Houston is a team. They have a lot of assets. If you really want to pull the trigger on a rebuild, I guess you could revolve that around maybe Hero, a couple first round picks, and then you could even maybe throw in Duncan Robinson if if they're trying to, you know. Because, dude, like, just the, like, we know Robinson and Hero are marksmen and they're absolutely amazing. They can, they probably have the potential to be a poor man's Curry and Clay. But, like, you just look at the, the potential with Harden, Butler, and Bam. That's just scary. That's terrifying. I think if I'm Miami, I'm definitely thinking about that. But there are not a lot of teams that have, that are in the situation that Miami is in. Just like Piniello said, they don't have anybody, uh, Houston, They have no young guys. You even look at teams like, I know this is going to sound pretty funny, but there's Memphis. They have a lot of assets, you know, Philly, they have Embiid and Simmons. If, if, if heaven forbid you want to trade one of them, maybe you can do just a, a Harden for Embiid straight up, but I'm not doing that. If I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm the Rockets, I'm not doing that. So if, if I'm the Rockets, I'm going to be very picky in regards to trading James Harden, just based off of what he's done the last eight years with Houston. Um, but in terms of Westbrook, I think he would be a lot easier to trade. I know teams, they really want they really want a, an athletic point guard in him. And I think, uh, you know, the offers are not going to be as crazy for Westbrook as they will be for Harden. So I do expect if, if, if one of the two are getting dealt, it's definitely Westbrook before Harden. But uh, I do see Harden maybe going to Miami if everything in my head were to work out perfectly.
0: All right. Here it is. James Harden. I'm going to say to the 76ers for Shake Milton, Matthias Steibel, and seven first round picks. <laughs>
1: seven first round That's not fair, man. And Harden and Simmons, that's not fair. That's not fair.
2: They were all screwed up probably.
1: That is not fair at all. They would Just they would win the 60 games next year if that were to happen. Are you so joking would or are you be being serious with the seven first rounders? It there would be one, one of those plays one. though.
0: It would wouldn't it be like fucking five or six like 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 uh, the Paul George trade is a good, good example. Oh like, no, Give me your way, best young he's Better, than, he's, way better
1: yeah. than yeah. he's way better than oh, George. He's way better than George. be like yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. that, that. Would, that would stir time. it up for sure, especially us Raptor fans. That would definitely piss us off.
2: <laughs> that would take Boston out the equation for sure.
1: Yeah, that would. Yeah. Yeah. That would that would probably push the Raptors to like 6th in the in the East next year if that were to happen. With, Do you think no, Philly I would remember. still uh
2: be a first round?
1: No. No, 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 no. Not with James Harden. No, no. <laughs> There's oh, no man. way cuz that that's when you that's when you look at their team and you say okay, Simmons, we love you, but you're not average you're not sniffing 20 points a game next year. You're going to maybe get like Sixteen nine and nine. You're going to be the guy that's holding the ball majority. Uh, you'll be that defensive guy. Joel Embiid and Harden are going to be the offensive juggernauts. They're both going to probably average well over twenty five. And then we'll see uh, how the results will pan out. But if if they were to get James Harden, they're slated as a as a top three seed in the East, and they could probably take out Brooklyn in, in the in the playoffs next year. Ooh, that's a hot take. Oh my. I'm loving that. I'm loving uh, that. Holy shit.
0: (laughs) Either way, if you're Houston, like you're probably not getting back uh, equal
1: trade value. So
0: you got to get these first rounders in
1: because they really got it. It just, it it just depends on what they want to do. Like if, if they're going to get a trade um, that sees them getting a superstar back in return, like to not the extent of James Harden and maybe like one or two firsts that I'm doing that. So like, for example, let's say like, I know this is definitely not happening, but I, if I'm comparing like, star like if you're going to get a star back, but a little a, like a tier under Harden, I'm thinking maybe Atlanta, you can maybe trade like the first Collins and maybe someone else for Harden. And then maybe you could see what that can do moving forward. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Or they can just go out and do the, the two good players, and then you have six first-rounders. I think regardless, it, it depends on what Houston really wants, but let, let, let's take that into account for a second. If you're, if you're Houston, are you doing that? Are you doing John Collins, the sixth pick, and maybe another two first-rounders?
0: Am I a Houston fan in Rebuild?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs>
0: Fuck, Maybe. You got your big man going forward. You got the you got one of the high picks and what was the other thing? Like another two first?
1: Like like, so so you, get, first? like you get you get the six, then you get like two first like future first, and then you get John Collins.
0: So three first rounders and John Yeah, that's uh Will it get much better than that? Assuming you're not getting
1: a superstar back? Uh probably not. I mean superstars are really they're really highly like touted, like I, I heard, like I was gonna say maybe Zabonis going the other way, but I don't see Indiana parting ways with him.
0: Man, there it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just tough, man. It's it's very tough to see who they can trade for. Like we we, I guess now let's let's quickly talk about Westbrook. I don't really know where he can go, but we've there have been rumors that the the front runners are the Knicks, the Pistons. And the Charlotte Hornets. So, out of those three teams, who is the likely, uh, who's the likely team to land the former MVP, Russell Westbrook? Yeah,
2: I'm going to say it. Uh, I've been saying this uh, for a while now. Charlotte, for sure. 100%. Uh, it's about time. I think it's a guy they need uh, for marketing purposes, just for the kind of player he is. I think the owner would like this kind of player, his mentality. So, I like their chances in trading for them. I think that's going to be the likely fit. And then the Eastern Conference, they're going to look around and see some of the players that maybe are going to be on the outside looking into their starting lineups, depending on uh, where some of these free agents land. And they're going to pick up a piece, uh, make some trades, and we'll see Charlotte back in the playoffs. What were the other two teams, the Detroit and the, the, the Knicks? Yeah. yeah, good luck with that. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God, that is slim picking. Uh, Yeah, for Charlotte, though, that would really put them back on the map. MJ's fucking Charlotte Hornets. um, The only thing I'm saying is we are not giving up Devontae Graham. Other than that, you take whatever the fuck you want from our roster. And at the same time, like it's not going to demand as high a price as James Harden would because, yeah, his contract is just ridiculous. Uh,
2: (laughs) I think it makes it easier for Charlotte to do that. Because his contract's so bad, they could probably give nothing. Maybe in like a one first rounder, maybe a future second lottery protected. Probably would do the deal.
1: Well, I literally, I literally saw a package like all three of the packages I saw, and I think the best one was probably Charlotte. I, I saw it was PJ Washington, it was Miles Bridges, and a first for Russell Westbrook. And then you, I saw Detroit. It was literally just Blake Griffin and a first. For Russell Westbrook and I don't I'm not doing that if I'm if I'm Houston I'm not doing that
2: Guaranteed. and then
1: and then with the Knicks I think it was like si- it was like six players and like I think two picks so I, I don't really know I think I think if it were to make sense in like a perfect world I think it, Charlotte would be the best case scenario but there's something about the Knicks man that just like with Russell Westbrook, he just screams Madison Square Garden. I, I don't know why. I just, I see him in a Knicks jersey and uh, call me crazy. I think it's happening. I think he's going to the Knicks. And uh, if, it's not, if it's not Van Fleet or Chris Paul, it's definitely Westbrook. Regardless, they're getting a new point guard this season.
2: So Westbrook and KD are going to live in New York again, together, in the same city playing each other most of the time because they're going to realign all the divisions again uh probably going to be seeing each other a lot more than they want to so that should be a fun rivalry to watch but isn't that awesome
1: like if you're if you're if you're an nba fan and he goes to the knicks like that's probably the first thing i'm thinking of it's like oh my god like westbrook versus KD in new york that is awesome i want to see that
2: (laughs) and the best part no fans, so you're going to hear every single thing he's saying.
1: <laughs> like, okay, here's the thing with me, though. If Westbrook goes to the Knicks, do you see any other big star, maybe not big star, but big free agent go in there?
2: Carmelo Anthony? Oh, man. Yeah, like, I was thinking of him, too, but I think he's going to look at where Chris Paul ends up first. If Paul uh, ends up in, like, the boat middle of room. fucking Let's nowhere, go. yeah. If he, <laughs> if he ends up in L.A., I think Mello will follow him. If he ends up in fucking the middle of nowhere like Milwaukee, I don't think he'll sign there. He'll be like, yeah, fuck that. I'll go to New York.
1: Is there a possibility <laughs> that Mello goes to the Nuggets, or is that out of the question now with Porter Jr. and Grant there? Oh, yeah, it, it should be
0: possible. out of the question.
1: It should be, uh, yeah. Uh, Depends. Well, why
0: just think over there i don't know wouldn't that hurt him a little bit
1: yeah but we've been saying for years like this is a guy where he has to start understanding that he's not the same player he was he has to start (laughs) understanding that (laughs) like like okay it was a cool story you know he was out you know he barely played last year and then he comes back this year and drops like 15 a game but like he's got to understand that he's not bad boy mellow anymore he's not hoodie mellow he's not mellow seven he's none of that he's not that anymore so he's got to understand that teams that are looking at him they're looking at him as a key leader and a good role player they're not looking he's he's got to stop understanding that he's oh I'm, i'm a top three option no you're not a top three option anymore maybe on the knicks sure but like any other team right now no you are not a top three option so I love Melo. I I've loved him since I was a little kid. He's gotta start understanding that this is a business and uh you know Father Time is undefeated and eventually you will decline, and he already has declined. So I, I I pray I pray that he starts realizing that he's not a third option. Um and then you know the results will start coming. But the the key thing for me with Melo and and CP three is that championship. They need it, so if they can get one together, that's probably the story of 2021, if, if that were to happen.
2: Yeah, the thing with Mello is uh, I think this year he made some uh, improvements, some strides, and knowing that he's not a first option. So I think that's a step in the right direction in his uh, understanding and acceptance. He then realized he's not the second option. That was another step. Uh, once he realizes he's not the third, I think, uh, and he realizes he can be a crucial starter or, uh, an important piece off the bench, then I think we'll see him drop like 25 points once in a while, uh, average 15 a game and be, uh, a piece that a lot of people will be interested in trading for instead of one that, okay, if we trade for him, we have to start him and give him the ball all the time, or else he'll be complaining. So I think he's making slowly the right steps there it is
1: okay i guess what well, we have maybe like another like couple couple things to talk about but the first thing i want to talk about Derek rose this guy i love him uh he's kind of in a he's kind of in a situation like chris paul where a lot of fans want him to start winning rings now before he retires and i'm only saying he's in the same boat as paul cuz those injuries have killed him he's probably relatively around the same age as Chris Paul when you look at the body, I'm sorry. I know he's, I think Derrick Rose is 32, but he's probably got maybe I'll say another three years left in the league, probably until he calls it. Um, but with that being said, where do you guys think Derrick Rose ends up if it's not the Lakers?
2: Take it, buddy. I'll go Raptors, Bucks, And in the West, I'll go Clippers. Ooh. I'm going to go Raptors and Miami.
1: Oh, oh! I'd love that if he went to Miami. Oh, the best
2: that. fit though would probably be Brooklyn, though. Like if you're looking at all the teams, you would probably be that'd be the best fit. Oh
1: my! <laughs> is like, it I'm just me? Or
0: like, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing like every player to Brooklyn. I don't know if it's just you guys.
1: No, I've I've seen it, uh, and even now, Matt, the Mavs, I've seen they, they want Levine Oladipo or Aaron Gordon as their third star. So that the wow! That's
0: Levine, they can go fuck themselves.
1: <laughs> Levine to Donch, it's back to Porzingis. Oh my god, like,
0: even before I was thinking about like KD trying to recruit Serge to Brooklyn. I'm like, how the fuck are they gonna have
1: all these guys? <laughs> well, that's 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 when you see an update later on in that day. Uh, yeah, the the Brooklyn Nets have bought out DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> oh, <sure. laughs> yeah, I, okay, I guess, I guess we could talk about that. What are your thoughts on KD trying to recruit Serge Ibaka Do you think that can work out?
0: I fuck for KD and the Nets It's smart. I mean, Serge is what 30, 31 years old. He's in the prime of his career. He's shooting the best of his career ever since he stepped foot in Toronto. Um, holy shit with him in that lineup. Yeah. Good luck for the raps though. If we were to lose Serge and possibly Fred, like, Oh my God, what a, what a shot in
1: the leg. <laughs> is yeah. Serge better than Harold right now?
2: I'm going to confidently say yes. I'll say yes, but I think Harrell is uh, slowly creeping. Like, I think Harrell, if he's in the right position, like we saw last year, he can be a top guy. Uh, I just think that it all comes down to consistency with him. And uh, like we saw with Abaka, he wasn't the most consistent guy at times, and then he finally got his rhythm, and he was impactful, and even going in the playoffs. So I can see something similar to him, but if they were to get Harrell, I don't think it's too much of a drop-off. Like, let's say uh losing Fred Van Vliet and then getting like the lawn
1: right back type of thing. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that would be fucking terrible if that were to happen, but um I don't know. Like with Serge Ibaka, this guy, I think the raps need to re-sign him. Like a lot of people they're just kind of starting to brush him off. And I don't know why. It's like, yeah, you know, Serge, he wants us a ring too, but like I want to see this guy. And I'm just like, well why like why don't you want to sign him? Why is no one really talking about this guy? Like this guy's been with this team now. Yes, he was in a, a trade for Terrence Ross, but he's been here for three and a half years already, and a lot of people forget that. And he's improved his game tremendously. And I think he's like with the with the minutes he played too. Like I thought when he first got here, I thought him and like JV were gonna like split maybe like twenty five each, and then they were like that was it, that was the game plan. And then JV left, and we got Marcus Gasol, and that was when I thought, okay, Gasol's probably gonna start over Ibaka. And then all of a sudden, Ibaka is starting to improve his his value and his shooting, and and basically he's, he improved everything in, in the last three years. So the only thing maybe he's kind of gone down on, or maybe not focused as much on, has been his blocking ability. But but, but man, like come on, him in OKC, he averaged three blocks a game. Like that was ridiculous. Like we're not going to see that again. The only guys that relatively sniff those numbers are uh, Whiteside and uh, Miles Turner. Everyone else. They're not really on that spectrum. But if I'm the Raptors, and like Piniello, what you just said, it really just sunk into my head. We can't let Van Fleet and Ibaka both go. I think if if the Raps can maybe let Van Fleet go, and then you use that cap to maybe extend Ibaka for an extra year. So instead of that one-year deal, you could get him for two or three years. I think that's absolutely huge. But yeah, no, the Raps, they definitely can't let... Van Fleet and Ibaka go I don't. I don't think that's an option that Masai wants to take going into next year.
0: We've been in a. We've been a very solid team for a while now. So like, if we were to lose surge picking up Harrell would be a blessing because you look after that, and then you know Chris Boucher would have to step right in. And, you know, Rondé plays the five sometimes, and it, it's just not enough at that point. So and. If with the wraps with the situation we're still in, we're still one of the better teams in the league. Surge is in his prime. Like, was he got one more year left on his deal? Like, why not go another one and one?
1: No, well, Surge is a Surge is a free agent right now. So it, we gotta we gotta sign him. And uh, I don't really know with, with Boucher if I'm if I'm comfortable like starting him some games. Like oh. I, I've seen I've seen flashes of offensive brilliance from him. But like I don't think I'm starting him at all next year. I just need to see, you know, what he can do maybe in twenty-two minutes, like what he played last year. But again, if we get rid of Abaca and then we get Harrell, like, how much do you think we're gonna rely on Boucher for three point shooting at that point? Because Abaca relatively shoots what, five threes a game? So like we're gonna have to relatively it's either we completely change the ideology of our big men and we just make them bullies in the paint, and then we have like powell and terrence davis and og and lowry take majority of the threes which i'm okay with or do you relatively do a balance type option with the threes and you have our bigs do the threes as well
2: yeah then at that point you might have to look at maybe do you bring marcus saul back on a better minimum uh he would be a good option if you're not paying obviously 25 million like he was getting this year i don't blame him for doing that i would do the same thing if you're going to look around and you're not that level anymore, you're just that level defensively. But uh, I think now, since he got that huge contract last year, he's probably looking around. The only real teams I think he'll consider are LA and Memphis. But uh, now that he already won, maybe the Raptors more more appealing option for him. You can start a lot. You can make still somewhere even above a veteran minimum. But I would just probably bring Gasol at that point. If someone already understands the system. How Nick Nurse wants to play. You can have boucher start uh, a lot more after gasol under like taking him under his wing and then after that year you can have gasol obviously retire and leave but i think boucher starting would probably be a step in the right direction for his development
0: i think either way we're gonna have problems real soon
1: i got a funny question for you guys i don't know if you like i guess we'll conclude with this if the Raptors trade Serge Ibaka, or not trade, sorry, if they don't sign Serge Ibaka and Van Fleet, and we're not confident on Boucher, are we going all in if we, if we don't land Harrell? Do you think the Raptors should potentially look at DeMarcus Cousins?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was he making last year? Pretty much nothing, right? $1 yeah. million. Dollars. There it is. Champion. I mean, <laughs> you'll get the time here. The spot would be wide open <laughs> coming into a winning culture after fucking how long was he with Sacramento and New Orleans? Oh, my God. But like, like seven years. Yeah, that's no fun. Finally got it this year. Um, yeah, as a, if you got to hope he could stay healthy because he's been rocked the last little while. But with the guy with that talent, if he could stay healthy and he would get the time over here, it's really wouldn't be paying him a whole lot. Like. Why not take a
2: flyer on him at that point? Okay, here's a guy who has a lot of bad luck. Like when he left New Orleans, he left a lot of money on the table from a lot of teams. And he went to Golden State, tried to do what KD did. So he took like the veteran minimum, which at the time, everyone's like, why the hell are you doing that? Uh, you can make like 16, 20 mil. So obviously that didn't work because the Raptors won and he tore, I don't know if it was his Achilles or something. He kept getting injured. He played in the finals, but wasn't that good. Goes to the Lakers, same thing. Gets injured, and I think because uh, he got bought out, uh, he didn't get a ring. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a situation where I think he's going to want to earn, get that money back. Uh, if someone like the Raptors were to sign him, I think he would want $20 million. Uh, he is healthy, so I think that would be a step for like forward for the Raptors. If he's healthy and comes in, that's a huge game changer, but add this to another name that Brooklyn will probably be in on. DeMarcus Cousins for a one-year deal, gets a ring, and then he goes after the max the next year when all the other guys are available.
1: But do you he got do you, the you, ring? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you do you see like Cousins ever going back to that like form like a couple years ago cuz he's only like 29 years old and he's basically in the same spot that John Wall is in except He's his injuries I guess have been a little bit um a little bit more you know, worse for the wear for cousins and he is he's seven feet where John Wall's, I think six three, six four. Um, but if I'm the Raptors, I'm absolutely taking a gamble on Cousins. And even if that means a two year deal at like four million, I would do that because this guy, like, he's got a lot of stuff in his toolbox and a lot of people forget how how unreal how dominant he was in his prime. Holy shit. This guy averaged like 25-12-4. 25-12-4. And, and he shot like 35 from three in that one year with, uh, with Sacramento when he started going on, going off. And yeah, if I'm the Raptors, like, why not? But again, at that point, it's like if your team's like the Knicks, the Pistons, like anybody in like the bottom, at that point, they must be thinking the same, no? I guess,
0: but like um, if you're DeMarcus, do you really want to go Back to that situation. As I was saying before, like you're putting up those empty stats for a fucking decade. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he's in ring-chasing mode, especially going to Golden State the year before and then the Lakers this year. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I think you could write the Knicks off at this point in teams like that. What yeah, if they were there, to get Westbrook? That? Oh, my gosh.
2: <laughs> yeah, Brooklyn, I think it is. Uh, Brooklyn or the Lakers. When they lose Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard actually would be another one for the Raptors to go on. Can you,
1: can you imagine like Brooklyn got Levine and <laughs> they got Levine and Demarcus Cousins? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. You have Kyrie, uh... Levine, KD, and Cousins. <laughs> can I hate them all over again. <laughs> well, I mean, man, you got to remember like teams like Miami and Brooklyn can do that. They could literally be a super team because they have the assets. Like they have. Levert, Dinwiddie, first, Allen, Claxton. Like, they have guys that they can trade. And Miami, same thing. Kendrick Nunn, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, the rights to Jay Crowder, first-round picks. So, like, the Nets and the Heat, I think, are going to be the top two teams next year in the, in the Eastern Conference. No doubt about it. Oh, man. With, with that being said, I think that's it for this week, no? That's a good one. Boom. Take us home, buddy. Oh yeah. Well, with that being said, that's it for this week. Uh, this was all hoop. I don't know if you guys like listening to hoop. If you do, just just keep listening, keep trucking. This is a it's a tough time for 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 hockey and and and, and NBA fans. You know, there's not a lot going on, especially in hockey. Holy, crap, really a lot of moves. But in the NBA, we all know it's a movie scene. You know, a lot of things can happen in the NBA. So. Uh, We we basically talked a lot today about free agent moves, trade rumors, where Westbrook's going to go, if Van Fleet's going to stay with the Raptors. But if you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure to watch a lot of our other episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, a lot of different social media outlets. With that being said, this is Chris Martelli, Anthony Piniello, Giancarlo Alino, signing out.